In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me all the way across the pond is the young, upcoming parapsychologist, rock star, Cal Cooper. Hello, Ron. How are you doing, buddy? i got to find a good title for you. I haven't got one right on the button, but I'm working on it. I do like the rock star title. I quite like that. The rock star of the parapsychologist? I'm I'm picturing some sort of guitar that's got a K2 meter on the end that you've sort of crafted for me. (laughs) I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, K2. That's a great idea. I think so. And uh, when you play Ghosts Come Out of the Thing, yeah, yeah. Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. The, the, the yeah, music like that. that I play encourages psychic phenomena. It's some sort of psychic sound waves that come out of the guitar. <laughs> there could be some sort of comic strip to this. It, when you come over to the States, we got to do that. What we'll do a video. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. That would be so much fun. All right, we'll do that. But we'll make um, some sort of psychic instruments and we'll pick which is the most rock and roll. Anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. And speaking about psychic stuff, I think we have a outstanding young lady on the show today who is a psychic, a medium, a healer, and a clairvoyant, if there is a difference. Uh, Ms. Liz Butcher, are you here? Hi, I am indeed. You are. Hi, Did Liz. I butcher? Did Hello. I butcher your name, or is that proper? No, my name's Litz Butcher. That's correct. Okay, okay. So, Liz, let me ask you this before I... Uh, and, and, of course, your uh, website is uh, butcher.co.uk because you guys can't spell .com, evidently, but anyway. <laughs> it does actually go out on .com as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Liz, what, what is the difference? I mean, this gets batted about so many ways and so many... What's the difference between a psychic, a medium, clairvoyant? I mean, what, what's the difference? What, what do you think it is? The two differentiations are between psychic and medium. The, the clairvoyance is something that both of the disciplines share. A psychic is, technically, we're all psychic. It's all it's a latent sixth sense that we all possess, the, the intuitive faculty. Mm-hmm. Uh, mediumship is something entirely different. That's connecting with people that have passed on to the spirit world. 
So well, that means there's hope for Cal, first of all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so a psychic really sees sees what the future or, or, or reads what I mean. I mean, I know people that do tarot card readings or tarot readings since they don't know how to say tarot um, and they they connect with people who have passed so I'm trying to get, get the, really the distinction between the, the two if, if you know what I mean yeah certainly the, the tarot is something which you could learn like you can learn astrology so you can learn the tarot card meanings um, if you connect to the tarot intuitively then you will kind of have a download I guess of clairvoyance clairsentience and clairaudience so the, the hearing the seeing and the feeling um, that that is through your solar plexus that's through your psychic center your gut intuition the mediumship connection comes in through the crown chakra the the connection to spirit so you're talking about giving evidence um to people that come for sittings of their their lost loved ones their relatives their friends their partners their kids and so forth so it's, it's a lot different. So if someone comes to me for a psychic reading, they want to know about their job, they want to know about their partner, they want to know about their future generally. It's a kind of fortune teller-esque type thing. Whereas when they come for mediumship, they want to know if, if their deceased mother or, or whomever um, can is still around them, are they still in pain? And, you know, they need reassurance that the person that's passed away is okay. Well, does it, uh, I mean, if you've passed, I assume that you know quite a bit once you're gone. I mean, can they actually intertwine? I mean, can someone who has passed tell you what is going to happen, or do they not know, or, or uh, what, what's the deal? In my opinion, you'll, you'll get mixed views about this, but in my opinion, no. I don't believe that we become omnipresent. I don't believe that we become all-knowing just because we've passed away. Um, I believe that we're aware of events that are going on around the person that we love, the person that wants to connect to us. You know, we're there, we're with them, we we watch them do things, we, we see things that happen to them, but I don't think that we automatically become able to discern the future. No, not at all. I think when that happens in a mediumship reading that's actually the medium or, or psychic themselves linking into the to the higher self and and being being that fortune teller again Cal, how do you weigh in on all this uh, it's, it's a good question that you um, posed at the start what, what is the difference between a psychic and a medium or a psychic and a clairvoyant and it's something we have brought up before um I have to say that from the side of parapsychology and psychology, when we look at all these cases and interviews of various phenomena um, on psychic abilities, we've got general categories that they always seem to stick to. So I've always been very confused, but also intrigued as to how um, people that have various psychic abilities uh, define a psychic and define a clairvoyant. In parapsychology, we have the categories of ESP, which drop into clairvoyance, um, the ability to see information at distance, telepathy, mind-to-mind, -mind, and precognition, seeing information um, that's happening in the future, uh, future events and disasters. I have to say that there's been a few um, cases that suggest that maybe once we die, somehow, because we've died, we've become interconnected with everything, consciousness and life. And there's been a few cases of the telephone calls and also ghosts that um, 
come forward to the living and present some sort of message of warning for the future. But they they are very rare, so I, I'm not surprised that generally it's not agreed that just because you've died you've become internet, interconnected with everything or you've become psychic just because you've died. So um, it would explain why there's quite a low frequency of those cases, but there are a few here and there. There we go. Okay. I mean, it gets... It's really interesting, uh, you know, because some people believe that when you are a medium, or and and my my particular thing about reincarnation, I don't believe in reincarnation. I believe that you begin to tap into people who have passed, and and that's how you know things. That and uh, I, I don't know. It's 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 so interesting. But I mean, Liz, you deal with this every single day, so you you pretty much know in your reality what it is. And, and the distinctions between it. Do, do they ever get muddled for you at all and, and when you're doing readings? I think you have to be, when you demonstrate mediumship, I think you have to be really respectful to the person, to the spirit in front of you that's still incarnate and to the discarnate spirit. And if you know that the information that you are receiving is on a psychic level, then I think you it is your duty to say that the, the, the person in spirit is not giving me this information. This is what I, as a psychic, feel will happen or has happened or, or is happening. But, yeah, I think now... Um, <clears throat> through just I guess the amount of time I've done it and the amount of readings I've done I believe I can discern the difference yeah and so how did you first get involved into this this whole psychic medium world um, I didn't, the mediumship has only been around for about 20 odd years, but the, the psychic stuff, um, I, I was, I just was, that's how I was. And, and I thought everyone was, um, I found out, um, when I went to school that I was the one that was different. I just assumed that everyone knew stuff like, you know, if we were sat in a room here and you had a white shirt on, I wouldn't say to you, you know, Hey, do you know, you've got a white shirt on. I would just assume that you knew you had like when I was a kid, I would say stuff and just assume that everyone else could see and hear the things that I could. Huh. There's actually, I remember seeing a documentary on it that they believe that uh, we all had this ESP or whatever this is um, when we were first evolved on the earth. And, and that was because we were very... Uh, solitude people it was it was only after we started banding together that we began lo losing this ability but yeah. uh you know we needed it to survive in other words we we had to have that instinct that there yeah. was something there there was uh you know danger for instance yeah, I, I totally, totally go along with that. I think, you know, before we had the power of speech with the telepathy and stuff. And as I said, when, you know, in my introduction, I honestly believe it's a latent ability because I don't believe there is anyone that hasn't had a gut feeling that hasn't had a snatch of telepathy or precognition. I just think that we just say, oh, you know, it's just a coincidence or I had a gut feeling about that. And I think that that's in essence what it is. It's just that when I, you know, people like myself work on a regular basis it's the same as anything you do regularly you just hone it that from it that's how i see it cal have you ever heard that before about that that we all did yeah. have this Abs absolutely I, I totally agree there uh, there's loads of evidence to suggest that it's just something that modern society has ruled out we've had no need for these um abilities of seeing 
information at distance, seeing danger before it happens, needing to communicate with people silently using telepathy. Um, you know, they work perfectly as hunting mechanisms, and which is why we could say that, you know, when we experiment with animals, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that animals are psychic because we don't see them communicating via what we know as language, apart from barking or meowing with cats and dogs. But they somehow seem to know that something's going on, you know, the, the old glance into the corner of the room or barking at something that isn't there, you know, as though they're tapping into these higher senses that we don't seem to have or also we don't need anymore. So um, it's possible that over time, um, human evolution has just ruled these instincts out because we don't hunt anymore. and We don't need to see that saber-toothed tiger that's about to get us around the corner. We don't need to, you know, tell our friends telepathically that we're going to creep up on some animal that we're going to hunt in a certain way. And we don't need to see information at distance, such as where certain berries or fruits are hidden. You know, we, we just, um, we've adapted and we've changed in modern society. So, you know, there's good reason to suggest that maybe at one time we had them. And just now, all we get is the odd glimmer here and there in these now spontaneous cases of psychic abilities, rather than frequent, well, there are the odd few people that do have frequent experiences of seeing ghosts and frequent psychic abilities, which we more commonly term as our psychics and mediums but quite often you know the general public maybe only have one or two psychic experiences or experiences of ghosts throughout their lives and, and these are probably the dormant senses just kicking in now and then because you're in the right environment the right situation and the right frame of mind at that time to experience them right i mean, I mean for instance when you think about it how did we know what berries not to eat, for instance, which ones were poisonous? We, we could say, oh, yeah, somebody ate it, and then they, they told it. But, you know, back in the, the, the beginning, the, the, we weren't big groups. We were small groups. And nowadays, of course, we know that they are because we communicate with each other. We, we, we know which ones are poisonous. But maybe we even had that instinct that we knew which were not poisonous to us and which weren't, uh, even on a you know, higher level. Anyway, let's talk to Liz. <laughs> Liz, um, have you ever done any galleries or anything? Is that something that, that you do or, or that is uh, very big in the U.K.? I know in, in the U.S. We, we, we have a lot of those, which are, uh, are, you know, like, for instance, John Edwards does them and, and so forth. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't call it. I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen uh, I've seen him on the TV doing the gallery. I I do. I'm on stage. I do shows. Uh, you know, in and a in a an audience format. Yeah, I do that. I really enjoy that. So so when you do a show, how, how does how does it work exactly? I mean, it, it's only because you know we have a lot of listeners on, on this side of the pond, and and like I said, there is a there are a lot of differences between you know what happens in the UK and what happens in the US. Mm, sure. Um, I, I split my show um, into two sections. I, I have the first section before the, the interval, the intermission. I, I do the psychic work. So I have some fun and I get people to put questions up to me anonymously. Um, I read the question out. I tune into the question. I answer it. And if the person wishes to own the question, then they can. And of course, they can interact. And when they interact, uh, you know, more information comes forward, not because they're telling me stuff but just because the energy connects and they say yes no I don't understand so then I go back and and clarify and elaborate elaborate on on what I've said uh, and then after the interval I will do the mediumship um, and that was that's when I connect to people that have gone on to spirit it's great. It's great. I love it. Absolutely love it. I get a real sense of, of kind of like doing something for someone in, in that in that format. 
I mean, that's, it's interesting, but I mean, you know, I know, and I've said this a million times, that when we do ghost investigating and so forth, uh, sometimes we, we connect with spirits, that, and they have nothing to do with the location, or they have nothing to do with the people that live there. A lot of times, uh, they, they are what I call street ghosts, and those are just spirits that have come there because they know someone is trying to contact from the other side uh, or, or it's like a, you know, a moth-filled flame that they, they know something's going on and they want to see what's going on. Uh, do you find that same uh, situation when you do these shows where, where you might be have a large audience and you're trying to connect with uh, someone who, or even on a private reading, uh, you're trying to connect with someone, a particular person, then all of a sudden someone else comes in who, you know, really you know, it doesn't belong there in, 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 re, in reality that there's, you know, there's no one associated with them in, in the audience. Do you ever find that? It can, yes. In truth, it can very occasionally happen. I, I like to think it doesn't by and large because I, I, again, I guess I suppose through just doing it and doing it and doing it, you, you kind of know when you're with the right person and when you're not. But you do. But I also teach and I feel found when I was very first coming into mediumship and I know through a lot of my students that they have um, they will they will have it in in what's known as the the hypnopompic and the hypnagogic state so just as you're going to sleep and just as you're coming out of the sleep state when your consciousness is altered um, I would see just face after face after face after face and I would hear voices and I know from my students that when they're developing mediumship the same thing happens and I call them you call them um, street ghosts and I call them just like you know they're just like test people they're coming along to help because like you say moth to the flame they're aware that that person is a sensitive they're aware that that person is able to see them and, and it, I guess it must be quite nice to be seen again so yeah totally yeah what's your take on this uh, I mean does that make sense to you as a, as a parapsychologist where if if there are spirits that they would uh, you know could yeah the, can't even say the word. Would they would go to a place where where people would try to a, attempt to contact that realm? I suppose, though, if, if we assume that they're around us all the time, um, for a skeptic in the audience, if a medium picks up on that, that is doing a demonstration, unfortunately, that can be seen in, you know, two ways. You know, the open-minded person will say, well, they're either contacting someone that is just wants to get in contact with a medium and speak to someone. Um, but for the audience, they'll assume, oh, the medium's got it rock again because it doesn't apply to anyone in the audience. It's, you know, it's a horrible double-edged sword in a way that, you know, if indeed that is what's going on, it's very hard to interpret what exactly is going on. It's only the medium who can really tell you, okay, this spirit is not connected in any way to the audience members, but that, you know, I can't block them out. They're trying to get in contact. Um, it, it was interesting with what you were saying, Liz, with the, the, your kind of students and the, the hypnagogic and the hypnopompic states. Do you see that as a, a sort of a, a state where consciousness has altered so we can have psychic experiences? Because in psychology, I've always turned to the hypnagogic and hypnopompic states whenever we have experiences around that time as a rational explanation for the experience because we're confusing the dream state with reality. 
So do you see it as more so a, a conscious altering state that opens us up to psychic abilities? Totally, yeah, because I believe that our vibration, as as you know, as I'm I'm talking to you now, I'm thinking what I'm saying, I'm listening to you both speaking. So my brain waves and my state of consciousness is not open to anything that's in my periphery here. Whereas when I or you like you like even when we watch the TV and suddenly someone will say, "Gosh, I saw something in my peripheral vision," and when I turned, it was gone. And I think it's the same thing in the in those two states because we're just our vibration and our whole brainwave structure has changed and so therefore we become lighter we're not this physical dense mass that we are you know as as we're connected and as we're grounded so yeah I totally believe I didn't know what it was for a long time and, and it scared me silly to be truthful um, and then I had to discover discover what was what I thought was wrong with me and got became this track of you know years and years finding out that it eventually that this is this is hap what happens and it's like the precursor the moment that i started to sit in circle the moment that i began to develop my abilities and i began to realize what i was um it lessened incredibly and now sometimes i lay there and and i want them to come because it's the most wonderful feeling to feel that i am able to make that connection um and slip between the two worlds Mm. I mean, the, the yeah. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's just you know the the psychic world has been so uh, what's the word I'm looking so look looked down upon for years and years. It, I mean, I know that the the U.S. Uh, government did some work on uh, the stargazer thing and some other things, but yeah. it's never really taken seriously. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, because, you know, all through the years, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, fraud, a lot of fakes. And, you know, it, it's not a, it, it's really a terrible thing, because basically, it, you know, it, it casts a shadow on, on the whole um, institute. So, I mean, it's, it, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, for those who believe in it they really believe in it but for those who don't they really don't in other words they, they're not even open to even entertaining it uh and i think that's got a lot to do with the uh you know the the early stages of, of mediumship and uh, uh do you find that liz i mean do you do you find that some places you're you're so well accepted i know that when you know, everybody in your audience when you go they're, they're thrilled but I mean, do you find like when you go on a radio or, or so forth that, that you have people that you know just think you just you know a crackpot? I mean, do do you ever find that? Oh, completely, uh, absolutely. But can I can I say that I believe that there are three types of of individual that work within this um, industry, if you like. I believe that there are people who are out and out fakes, frauds, scammers, and who play on the vulnerable. Uh, prey and play on the vulnerable. I believe that there are another group, group who actually believe that they are doing the work and believe that they are helping people. Um, and then I believe that the third group are the people who actually do it. Um, I, I wouldn't like to put a percentage on, on anyone, but it, it saddens me to readily admit that there are masses and masses of fakes out there. And so, yes, I, you know, you know what, Ron, I'm a skeptic. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a cynic myself and, and everything mm -hmm. I experience and I see and I read and everyone I hear and other, other people I watch. I always enter that kind of thing with a certain amount of uh, reticence because 
because the work to me is so dear and so important that when I feel that someone else is using it, um, you know, as, as a tool to to uh, defraud people and, and to prey on someone's deepest, darkest um, bereavement, it just appalls me. I know it's a difficult. The, the interesting thing is, when I first started uh, New England Ghost Project, uh, I didn't believe in a lot of things. I certainly didn't believe in mediums and psychics. I thought they were all charlatans, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But that was, you know, it was my upbringing. And I saw the the carnival gypsies. I saw, you know, the you know the different ones. They really had a a bad rap to them. Mm-hmm. But in just because I, I didn't believe anything, at least I was open minded enough to see if there was an validity and, and working. Through the years, I, I certainly know there is a lot of uh, validity to a lot of very good mediums and a very good psychics, and, it, it, and I do think you could develop. I know you you teach classes, but I, you know, as a guy who was thick as a brick, I now call myself a dumb psychic, which means I don't try to be psychic. Uh, you know, it's nothing I really work at, but yet when I do investigating, or when, or a dumb medium even at times, it, it, when I do investigating, when I do everything, I, I just know things, pop, things pop into my head, and, and, and they turn out to be right. So I know personally that uh, there is validity to it, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a shame. I mean, there should be some way that, you know, you could sort out the good ones from the bad ones because there are so many that you know mediums out there so many people call themselves mediums some people call themselves psychics you know somebody who comes up to say yeah i'm a medium it's like yeah okay whatever you know it it, it really because there are so many i mean and and it's not that i'm chastising it's just that well you know everybody says they are and then perhaps they are but you know it's it's the proof of the pudding that really makes the difference i think I think that the issue at the moment, it's kind of really nice that it's become fashionable in recent years because many people such as myself can come out of the closet and mm-hmm. freely say, yes, I practice rituals, I practice spells, I practice magic, I do believe that I commune with the dead, you know, and we don't walk about with, with fear of being stoned or drowned or whatever, so we can we can really speak our truth. And it's great because you can walk into a bookstore and you can take a book off the shelf or a pack of tarot cards, but also... It's because it's so fashionable, everybody kind of wants to be on that bandwagon. They want to be in that moment and they think it's the thing to do. And even when I teach people that over the years that I've taught, which I think is just about under 10 years now, I've noticed that people are more and more and more impatient and they want to do it now. They want to learn how to do it now. I taught tarot on Sunday and people were saying to me, but, you know, why can't I do that now? And I said, because I've been reading it for 19 years. You've been here an hour and a half. So, right. you know, there is this impatience to, to do it now. Right. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, when you, when even tarot card readings or tarot readings, as, as most people say, is, is you know, it's like, what, you know, how can you tell? But once again, I mean, when I, when I used to, I, I met Maureen, by the way, I was a trans medium, and she was the first really medium or uh, psychic that I really ran into, and, and she was simply amazing, and, and she's the one that uh, really turned me to this, and, and now I understand a lot about it, but, uh, you know, even even Derek Akura, you know, most haunted, God bless him, I mean, I used to love that show, it was, it was certainly entertaining, but, you know, 
when Derek was there and, and he talked to Sam all the time, and I couldn't figure that out. And, you know, once again, this is someone who didn't know anything. And that's when I learned about, uh, you know, uh, guides and, and mm. uh, you know, it's so interesting, the, the whole feel is. But anyways, we're actually coming up to break right now, and uh, so we'll be uh, back in a minute. This is Ghost Chronicles International with Cal Cooper and Ron Kolk, and a very special guest today is Liz Butch. Butchner, I can't butcher. I hate saying that for some reason. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and we'll be right back after the following messages on Toginet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Toginet. Radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged. Restrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous, as we give awards to the Parrax family. Take 6,427. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the rock star of the parapsychologist, Mr. Cal Cooper, and New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, with our very special guest, uh, Liz Butcher. I have such a problem with that name. I don't know what that means. Oh, telephone call from the dead there, Cal. Should I get that? Uh, I'll get it, but um, you make a note of it and record it for me. <laughs> Anyways, Liz, um, it, you actually offered to do a reading first? Yes, that's fine, of course. Well, uh, if anybody wants a, a reading from uh, Liz, and I, I really do appreciate that, um, they can call in, uh, not that number, apparently, at 877-864-4869, at 877-864-4869, and somebody will get a reading. So there you go. So anybody wants Colin, here we go. Anyway, um, yeah. So as far as the even the, the tarot cards, uh, well, well, let me ask you this, uh, 
you learn the tarot cards. I mean, it's not something you're born with. You actually have to learn them, or just pick them up and work with it. No, uh, they they do require a certain amount of respect, and so yeah, I did learn them. I started with playing cards. Uh, well, I started with tea leaves, then I went on to playing cards, um, and then tarot. But I think anything like that can also be just like a like a tool, like almost like a comfort blanket, really. To be honest with you, Ron, um, because really, if someone gives me a piece of tissue, you know, I can sit there and I can tune into it. I can tune into a ring. Um, but the tarot, yes, you have to learn, and and the playing cards, you have to learn. Of course, as well, because they, they all have meanings. They all have astrological correspondences, um, numerological correspondences, which which kind of help to put the whole picture together. It's, it's they're a great thing to work with. They're amazing. Uh, I think they're, they're. It's interesting. I mean, Maureen and I used to do uh, readings on the year, and, and um, basically, at one time I had on the show, I had a. Uh, a girl, uh, Elizabeth Foley, who's an angel, angel expert, and uh, she came in and she gave me a, uh, a deck of cards, which were, believe it or not, fairy cards. Uh, no comments, uh, Cal. <laughs> but anyways, so I started working with these, and I kind of like do my own thing with them in, in that I haven't learned them. I, I, I just, you know, draw cards, and it just, whatever... It is just pops in. It's once again, it's that dumb psychic thing that I got going there, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, uh, uh, there are. I know that, like for instance, Maureen, she she has the deck and she knows all the symbols and stuff. So they're yeah, they're a tool, and and what you do with that tool is is the important thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. I again, I agree. If I if I put a spread down, if I put a tarot spread down, um, conversely, I, I may have a whole bunch of clairvoyance uh, or clairaudience come in, which actually isn't anything to do with the cards at all. Um, it just comes in. It's a little bit like you you you're making ready for the first you know your spirit to contact you or your higher self to tune in, and the information just comes because you've opened the tarot and and you've laid them out. So can the tarot give us any kind of reading that a psychic reading would? So they're essentially telling you about the person, their past, their present, and possible hopes for the future as well. If you read the tarot intuitively, then yes, I believe it can. If you read the tarot by rote, it becomes much more rigid. And I say to all of my students, again, when you go, when you're, you know, kind of homework to do is to, if you can go and get some readings at maybe a psychic fair where they're not as expensive, or you can go to a spiritualist church and you can watch other mediums work, because you can learn so much of how not to do it as much as how to do it. So if you're watching a reader read by rote so they just memorize the, the, the meanings, um, the, the information is more rigid, it's more staccato, it doesn't flow. Whereas if you've got an intuitive tarot reader um, or intuitive reader of any form of divination, it just flows, the information just comes and you get links to the past, to the future. Other people will come into the reading dates, times, places, and it's a much more fluid experience. Mm. Is, is there a great separation between tarot card reading and also palm reading as well? 
Well, again, it's it's something, you know, yes, it's a form of divination and, and it's something else that I teach. Uh, but in all honesty, I can look at a palm and I can know, yes, you've got the headline, the heartline, the fate line, the Mount of uh, Venus, the lunar mount and so on and so forth. But then I will look in the palm and I will be connecting to the person um, just on that intuitive level, just higher self to higher self, energy to energy. And again, get much more information than I would if I just read the lines and, and really stuck to the textbook meaning of the lines. Oh, great, cool. Have we got um, anyone that's actually stepped up to actually have a reading yet, Ron? Uh, there's actually a couple of people that are debating it. <laughs> you know, people are, are interested, you know, because it's on the air, they get, they get a little nervous, and uh, I know that we do some shows, and usually if we get one, that we get a ton of people call in at a time, but uh, it, it's funny, you know, of course, it's three o'clock in the afternoon here in the, in the U.S., but, uh, yeah, I, I think we might get one, so let's just hold off on that anyways, but if anybody does want to call in, we'll take them the first one, and there you go, so, anyways, um, do you have any events coming up, Liz, by the way? I've got a whole, funnily enough, a whole uh, truckload of stuff that I've booked in today. Um, I'm teaching from, um, I'm uh, hopefully teaching a January course, 10 weeks tarot, uh, psychic beginners and psychic advanced from February. Um, got a couple of shows booked in. Um, loads of stuff is coming up actually, which is really, really nice. It's been fairly quiet sort of October, November, but I'm really looking forward to the new year. So, really? Yeah, that's that's usually that's like Christmas for for us here in the U.S. But anyways, we do have a caller. Uh, so, uh, Brian, are you there? Hello, Brian. Hi. Hi. Uh, Hello. Liz, Liz, what do you need for Mr. Brian? Yeah. Hi, Brian. Do you have a particular question or or an area that you want me to look at in your life? Um. Well, actually, my wife has one question, but uh, I was just wondering, uh, for me, it'd be about the bed and breakfast and how things are going to be going in the future for it. Okay, that's fine. That's good. Okay, let me look at that for you. Okay. Yeah, I feel... go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. But I feel the first thing I've got to say to you, Brian, is that you need to just take one step back from it. I'm a little bit, I've got kind of like a Virgo type energy with you. I feel you're a very analytical guy. I feel that you're right up there in the forefront of it all. And it's all like right under your nose. So I think perhaps this is due to, you know, financial concerns and stuff, which is understandable. You want to make the thing work. But would you understand that you get too involved and you almost become overawed with all the information it's like you just need to come back a little bit do you understand that oh yeah more than you have realized okay good. <laughs> good 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 so i think also you know um yeah, you, yeah, okay, so fine. With that, I would say, Brian, I'd like you to kind of lighten up a bit. It's becoming really, I'm linking into you on a physical level, and like between your chest and your tummy, I've got quite a lot of tension going on, a lot of, uh, a lot of anxiety going on there. 
And I think, you know, um, to cut, to bring yourself back, to have a little bit more, um, um, like, fun in your life, like going out, like, I want to turn, physically get your shoulders and turn you around and make you walk out the door. And every time I try to do it, it's like your feet are stuck to the floor and it's like, I can't leave, I can't leave, I can't leave, because I can't, I can't go because something might go wrong if I'm not here. Um, and I feel also that I would say to you, you know, perhaps think about delegating a little bit um, because when I try to take stuff off your hands, it's like it's stuck to your hands and you just won't give it up. Does that make well, sense? It, yeah, it's kind of like they're, it's all duct taped to my hands. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly how it feels. And I, and I really feel that kind of like the anxiety that's building, you know, is quite, quite burdensome. So what should have been, um, maybe fun isn't the right word, but what should have been a really pleasant project is turning into quite a nightmare for you. Um, and I feel actually that there's a lot of stuff that you're not saying. I'm guessing this is to your lady that you're not kind of sharing this with because you want to be perhaps the one who is appearing to be supportive and the one who wants to see like, oh, you know what, it's okay, uh, honey, it's fine with me, I'll deal with things. But I kind of think that you need to get stuff off your chest a bit because it all just seems too much for you, Brian. I don't know if it's all too much, but uh, a lot of what you said makes absolute sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, that if you come back a bit and you bring a little bit of kind of like socializing in, because I kind of feel I want to bring, yes, I obviously want to bring people in to make the bed and breakfast venture work for you, but I kind of want to lighten the energy. It feels quite dark and quite heavy in the property. So perhaps you could look at some way of lightening. Literally, Ed, the more I'm talking to you, the darker it gets where you're standing. So I think <laughs> I want to lighten it up a bit and say to you, you know, have you thought about perhaps having some some kind of oh gosh I don't know like wine tasting or just something where you've got a, a better flow of energy in and out the property because it, as it feels at the moment it's like only two or three people that are walking in and out it's a little bit of a ghost town pardon the pun um, so bringing new energy bringing fresh energy and literally making something lighter is what I have to say to you you, you know what's interesting, Liz, is, is is he has a B and B, and it's uh, in Oneida, New York, and it's actually haunted. And the the whole theme of the B and B is actually dark shadows. The uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if you knew about it in the UK, but no, it's a vampire no, no. vampire soap opera back from the old days. And what? Sorry, come again. It's it's a vampire soap opera from the old days. So it, it's interesting that you you picked up on that darkness and stuff. I, I thought that was kind of amusing, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it just felt the more I was talking to Brian, the darker and darker and darker the room in which he was in was getting. But I, I do feel that that's kind of in a way, as much as it's a theme, and I understand that. I feel now that it's working against it as well. That's interesting. Hmm. So just to, to just move the energy through, because, you know, I, d I don't know what's gone on there. I'm kind of in like a little vestibule or a little hallway, and I don't much like how it feels in that particular area. It's like, yeah, okay, you know, it's a haunted thing, and that's the theme and stuff. But I kind of want to, ch whether you need to clear that area, whether you need to have that particular area cleansed, it doesn't make me feel very nice standing there. Ooh, the little vestibule, as you called it, that's the front door. Okay. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a road trip for me. 
Uh, is that good, Brian? Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, Brian is actually going to co-host with me tomorrow night on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Anna's away, so Brian is going to, as it turns out, is going to co-host for me. So uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that then. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, but thank, that, that's, thank you. You know, that's what I feel, Brian. Anyway, I think I think you know, just a bit lighter and and just more energy through. Okay, thanks. Pleasure. Thank you for calling, Brian. <laughs> yep. Bye, bye. Bye. Bye, Brian. Oh, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I love the way you picked up on that darkness there, because that that's really the whole theme of that uh, B&B is the darkness of it, the, uh, the dark shadows, uh, uh, soap opera, you know, vampire thing, and, and I know it's extremely haunted. Uh, so it, it's, it's very interesting. Um, we have another caller. Would you want to take it? Certainly. Okay, so why don't we put them on? Uh, this is London. Hey, Hello, guys. London. How are you? Good. I was just wondering. I had switched genres and books, um, well, a couple, I guess about five months ago. And um, I was just wondering where you guys see that genre going. Sorry, Sorry I didn't Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> okay, can you repeat that? Evidently, they, they, they didn't uh, hear exactly what you said. Yeah, I had switched genres in my book writing, and I'm doing I'm doing teen books now, like preteen horror books, kind of like I guess you'd say Stephen King meets Goosebumps. I don't know, but I switched genres in them, and I was wondering if where you see those ones going. Okay, um, you know what I like with you? Um, I like the fantasy thing. I kind of got that when the, the second time I heard you say the word genre. Um, I like the fantasy thing. I like the fact that you are, um, uh, in the nicest possible way, slightly ungrounded. Um, and I, I kind of like that feeling with you. And I think what I would say is don't get, don't tackle anything that is too, uh, too heavy and too kind of methodical. Because I like with what I feel with your work. Would you understand? It comes in from all directions. So you're kind of not, not like planning it or not laying it out. It's like, I, I don't know how fiction writers work. I don't write fiction, but. I feel like it just literally zooms in from all angles to you rather than you having a set plan or a set plot. So it's like, you know, keep keep it uh, keep it fluid and keep the fantasy. Don't take don't take that fantasy away. Because I think your your the fantastical element of your writing is what's gonna sell for me. Um, I feel whatever you were doing before was kind of like more ploddy. Does that make sense? Um, I used, I don't, I don't really know. The ones that I'm doing now is, like I said, fictional. Yeah. I, I still have my paranormal book in work, but right now I'm concentrating on the other ones. And my paranormal books do really well. And this is the first time, so I'm kind of, it's kind of nerve-wracking to me because I've never handled this genre before. Okay. How do you, how do you feel about, like, fantasy fairy stuff, like stuff that's really out there? You know, um, I, I appreciate that, you know, paranormal is pretty much out there, but I, I just, all I can see when I'm talking to you is fairies. You know, the, sure. the, the, the typical kind of little fairy thing with the wings and, and the filigree stuff, you know. I just see that all kind of like floating around, and I feel that I'm inspired to talk to you about Udines and, and, and elves and nymphs and that kind of thing, that there's a whole kind of fantastical element about the work that you could do. 
Okay. Well, there's a there's a shot from left field for you. Oh, yeah, I usually I usually don't do fairies, but no, I mean, I'm not a fairy person myself. If I if I'm honest, um, had a couple of odd experiences, but but for you, I kind of want to lift you up and and put you in a slightly more ungrounded kind of state, so that when you work, um, okay, do you meditate? Because I feel that you could get a lot of information through with meditation. I don't really meditate. Um, all my books come to me in, like, nightmares. I've never had a good dream, only nightmares. Okay, well, so... Isn't that type of meditation, nightmares? Isn't that dreaming? Isn't that meditation in, in, in itself? Um, I wouldn't yes, really... I never, so. I never thought of it that way. Mm, okay. I, I just kind of think that, you know, if if you kind of like bring bring a, a more ethereal stuff to, to your preparation before your work, because you're asking the question, have you done the right thing to switch genres? And I think that, yeah, if you can take this, this kind of lightness and this otherworldliness and this ungroundedness along with it, then, yeah, it feels really good for me. Oh, great. Well, I actually thank have a, you so much. I, I, one thing, I actually have a, a, a friend of mine who is Molly Gibson, and she writes uh, teen uh, paranormal books and stuff. Uh, she does very well at it, too. She does the I, ghost, ghost Huntress series. Oh, wow. I yeah. also like the, the month of April for that lady, the, the lady that we're talking to now. Um, around about the 1st to the 4th, something like that. It feels like a really nice time for you. So I think if you're, if you're planning any kind of like launches or whatever it is that you do, that might be the time to aim for. Oh, great. Well, I definitely actually have a brand new book hitting, so. Oh, good. So there you go. Okay, good. <laughs> Anything well, else, Wanda? No, I really appreciate you taking your time for me. Thank you. No, thank you, and you have a great day. Have a you Merry too. Christmas, too. Ah, uh, you too. Yep, I know. Bye-bye. Wow, that was cool. Thank you so much for doing that, uh, Liz. No, it was yeah, great. Thank you. Now, when you, I mean, it's it's so interesting. You, I know you have a busy schedule. You you teach, you do shows, you, uh, you do private uh, uh, readings as well. Mm-hmm. You do? Yes, I do. And this, and this is all on your website, which is uh, Liz, uh, actually, it's L-I, uh, actually, why don't you tell it so I don't screw it up? <laughs> <laughs> it's litzbutcher.co.uk, so it's L-I-T-Z butcher.co.uk. And you can get all the information on uh, Liz there. So, uh yeah, what do you think? I mean, we did a couple of readings over the phone, cold readings. Uh, it, it, what's your uh, what's your take? Cold readings? You're calling them. Cold, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't yeah. actually, I don't think you actually mean the necessarily cold readings because we're assuming here that Liz has actually got psychic abilities and that the information she just got was from reading them. I mean, generally term in psychology, the cold reading is... Um, just picking up generalized information from the person. And that's where, at this point here, where you ask me what do I think of the readings, I can only keep my skeptical hat on and sew it to my head so you guys can't take it off me. Um, I, I've never 
I mean, it's, it's no offense to any psychic, but I've never ever come across any, and this goes for the table tipping as well. I've never been in a situation where I've seen a reading or seen a table tipping event that has really, really impressed me as a psychologist and trying to think, wow, you know, you know, the table shouldn't be able to levitate when people are doing that, or, you know, how could that person possibly have known that particular information? And I can only say that from, you know, a psychic could turn around and say, well, you do it. And, you know, I have tried this several times. I have gone out and given people readings. And, you know, one way I've said, I'm a psychologist, I'm not a psychic, here's your reading. And they uh-huh. still they were still impressed. And I've also said, okay, right, I'm, I'm going to try and tap into some psychic abilities. And, um, again, I was just using, using the general cold reading, the Barnum script, Barnum effect, and just generalizing everything and using a bit of skill from psychology to read their body language and trying to generalize things and every now and then just tricking them and drawing the information out, which they didn't realize. And I, I could pick on some, pick out something that seemed extremely specific. But when you take a step back and you look at it, I've led them up to something that is very open. And then they finish off what I'm getting at. And then it becomes specific because then they've they finished off what I was saying because they, they could see it leading to something. Probably because in the first place, they wanted a reading. So they wanted some positive information that linked them uh, as though spirits are around them all the time or these psychic abilities are possible. Now, I'm not saying that they're not because that's why I'm in parapsychology. That's why I I believe that, you know, it is possible at some point for some of this stuff to go on. There are probably 99% of cases that can be fully explained, they're misinterpreted, but that 1%, something seems to be going on. So I'm not being the absolute cynic here. I'm just being a very, very deadly skeptic that's sat on this chair and I'm not moving. So, you know, I enjoy hearing the readings and stuff, but, you know, that, that one wasn't enough to convince me and it's going to take a lot more. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's fine. But it's, the interesting thing about a parapsychologist, and, and I found that with most of them, Karen O'Keefe that, that I've met and, and Lloyd uh, Arabak and, and yourself, is that... You seem so negative. It's like there comes to a point where you have to accept things for what they are rather than trying to put all this negative stuff into it. And and I think that's my biggest fault with both parapsychologists. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I honestly, believe me, I'm not really trying to kind of put a downer on it. I mean, I encourage... Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying in general, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not p- particularly picking on you. I, I just, it, it, I think that's really a problem in the field is they, they are scientists, so they, they try to, you know, just uh, put so much negative spin on it. It just, it doesn't, hmm. I, you know, but, sometimes it is what it is. I think not to name names and stuff, there, there are a lot of representatives of parapsychology that are more so an extreme skeptic or even more so cynics that that will actually present a, a very kind of close-minded view of the psychic um, uh, abilities being displayed. And if we do look at it in terms of the media and you see a parapsychologist on telly that's up against a psychic and they say, well, it's not psychic because A, B and C. And that's it. That's the end of the show there. The parapsychologist didn't then turn around and say, but even though in this case of psychic abilities, we've got nothing absolutely credible here, but we have a whole archive of abilities that seem to be genuine, you know, very good past mediums like Mrs. Piper and Elaine J. Garrett and all the other ones that have you know, come and gone. That They were fantastic mediums that we couldn't actually shed any light on how they were getting this information. You know, Rudy Schneider that Harry Price studied. There's some fantastic cases here. 
So, you know, it does appear that some of these people have these abilities. And maybe not every reading is going to be good. There's probably going to be one reading out of 100 that will be absolutely fantastic. So it's very hard to actually determine, as it is with anyone, what's going on in a person's head as to whether they've got psychic abilities or not. It's like dreaming. I mean, we all can say, yes, I've, I've had the experience of dreams. I do dream. But it, it's almost impossible to actually prove that people have had the dreams they say they have because, you know, it's inside the head. That's right. It's subjective experience. You, you can't prove it. So what are you saying? You know what so I'm saying? I'm saying that because of what we've learned from psychology and human behavior in general and from uh, parapsychology and studying psychics and looking at the frauds and how they were doing it, we know what the techniques are for kind of generalizing the information. So when we look at those that appear to be genuine psychics, they are picking up on extremely specific information. So we have to rule out these general rational explanations first, like generalizing scripts, um, and not being too specific. So you have to steer towards, okay, this psychic has never met this person before. How many times can they actually come up with very specific information that they couldn't otherwise have gained the, you know, via the internet or whatever against how many times they've got stuff wrong? You know, I, I think when I did some of the Barnum scripts, people often remember more times how many times a psychic has scored a hit compared to the misses. Of course, and, absolutely. Yeah. But so you, you just got to keep looking towards the rational explanations and how often the psychic is getting right. the things correct. Again, it seems very cruel. It seems very negative. But this is the it only is way that we progress in this area of psychology to actually demonstrate that there's um, different psychological processes going on here. And perhaps there is this psychic sense. And then that would lead us into looking at, well, OK, how is this happening? Why is this happening? What is it for? You know, okay. and I think... I think being open and stuff, we don't want to lead ourselves into fooling that every individual that comes along and says they're psychic are psychic. Right. Um, I agree with you, but I, we've run out of time, Cal, so I, I do have to uh, shut you down. So, <laughs> Anyways, Liz, I, want to, I do want to get you the, the last word. I have actually a quick question from the Tojanet chat room, and, and that is, can you do a reading, tarot reading for yourself, uh, or, or is it just you have to do it for others? I don't. I think that the difficulty with that is that you struggle to uh, remove your own emotions, your own hopes and fears and aspirations. So if I'm really honest, if you want to practice that kind of thing, do it in reverse. Have your day and then take a card, take a couple of cards and see if your day fits with, with what cards you pull rather than then trying to do the reading. But if I'm truthful, no, I don't think it's possible to remove what you want to see from the reading. No, I, I agree 100% with you on that. It, it's a difficult thing. It's like pretty much uh, uh, dowsing. Dowsing is a difficult thing in itself because you have to divorce yourself totally of what you're doing uh, in, in that you because you know you can influence it. So it, it's it's an interesting. Well, Liz, I, I was sorry we ran out of time, but uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and, and doing those readings for us. And once again, your your website is L-I-T-Z. B U T C H E R dot C O dot U K. That's correct. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Liz, and, and, and have a Merry Christmas. You too. Good night, Cal. Yep. Merry Christmas, Liz. It was great speaking to you. Thank you. So, anyways, Cal, uh, once again, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, uh, helping out. Uh, 
Yeah, it's good speaking to you as well, Ron. Merry Christmas to you, and I shall speak to you very soon. Okay, so tune in next week tomorrow for uh, Ghost Chronos uh, Next Generation on TojiNet at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. Until then, everyone have a Merry Christmas, and see you on the flip side. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us. Silver and gold.